Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I, I love this church. Uh, it's just so great to always be here. I, uh, this morning, just loved that it took us forever to stop talking so we could actually you know, get, get worship going. And then, and then when Dana led us in this uh, moment of looking each other face to face, I loved watching all the awkwardness uh, across the room. That was, that was very special. Uh, but it's family, right? It's uh, uh, seeing each other face to face is always really, really special. It's a, it's a deeper connection, deeper connection. I, I struggle with a, a syndrome, I guess it's called a syndrome, or a problem called uh, <laughs> baldness. That's one set of this. That's not what I'm talking about today. No. But uh, the syndrome of, um, I think you call it, we call it here in Namibia, tinnitus. Uh, I call it tinnitus, where I come from. Uh, or uh, in the South, the United States, uh, we just don't even say tinnitus. We just say, I got a ring in my ear. Uh, my ears are ringing. And so it's at a specific pitch. It's not too terribly loud. I can still hear people. But uh, sometimes it keeps me from hearing if there's, a, if there's something in the room that is exactly the pitch of my tinnitus, uh, I can miss it uh, because my tinnitus kind of overpowers it. We were uh, recently in a uh, lodge, uh, farm lodge, uh, b- between Ventook and Cape Town. And, and uh, it's a, a place we love to be in. And Dan and I laid down to, to, to go to sleep that night. And um, we talked a little bit. And then finally, Dan says, man, that cricket. Is that, I hope that cricket doesn't chirp all night long. And I said, what cricket? <laughs> Dan said, you, you can't hear the cricket? No. <laughs> and then, then she said, oh, Brian, uh, feeling very sorry for me that I couldn't hear the cricket. I said, let me, let me work on this. So I... I started actively listening for this cricket, trying to find the cricket, and I was able to isolate the cricket and hear it. I could actually hear it because I, I actively chased it down. And then I couldn't stop hearing the cricket. <laughs> Thank you, Dana. <laughs> I think uh, to, to, to a large extent, we as the body of Christ uh, suffer from different degrees of tinnitus in terms of hearing God. We, very often we have things that keep us from hearing God. Uh, whether it's a cultural tinnitus or we just don't, as a, as a group of people, believe that God communicates with us this way anymore. It's possibly we suffer from a tinnitus called doubt. We just uh, don't have faith that God would speak to us anymore. It's possible that we have doctrinal tinnitus where we believe scripturally that God doesn't speak to us anymore. But we suffer from tinnitus and we have to actively listen. God invites us to to hear him, to listen to him. Not just invites us, he commands it. He says, listen to me, hear my voice. Pentecost, Acts chapter 1 and 2, you see this ushering in of the a new work of the Spirit of God. Uh, never seen before when the Holy Spirit baptized those that were his followers and ushered in an era of listening, of listening. And so you see the Spirit of God then actively speaking and and directing his work. Uh, You see this all through the book of Acts. 
we continue to see it till today that the Spirit of God is the, the key principal leader of all of the work. And we have to be in a posture of listening. We will not be directed by him unless we listen and learn to hear his voice. Luke 10, verse 38, is this kind of this illustration of this listening. Uh, Luke 10, verse uh, 39 specifically. You know the story of Mary and Martha, uh, friends of Jesus. Uh, and, and this particular Bible verse, by the way, is used by many, many preachers to, to make a case that, you know, uh, some people just uh, don't work and they listen to God and other people just work. It's all they want to do. So there's the Martha and the Mary and uh, maybe you as a, a mom have been called either a Martha or a Mary. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been insulted in different ways uh, by, uh, by being called either a Martha or a Mary. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, you know, these people raised with the Bible, I mean, gosh, I heard Mary and Martha stories in my, in my family growing up. Uh, Martha's bothered that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. Uh, Martha says, and it's not up here, but Martha says this, as she was being distracted by cooking this big dinner for Jesus and, and the others, she said, isn't it unfair that my sister uh, just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried about and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This picture of Mary and Martha is the struggle we have today. Uh, the, the, the stress between the doing and the listening, or the speaking and the listening. And that's our, that's our battle as humanity, is that we, get, we can get caught in, in one or the other situation. Jesus says, get caught in listening. Park there, listen, and let God be then part of every aspect of your life and pushing you and moving you to operate with his direction, his guidance, his leadership. We can't be led by God unless we hear God. Listening is so, so significant to our walk and to our process in this world. I would submit to you this morning that I believe that actually outside of listening, there's then this, this dead gap. There's this gap between the moment of our salvation to the point of where we see him again. There's all this life of nothingness outside of the voice of God. What do you live for? What do you pray about? What do you do? Unless you hear God's voice. It's no surprise that for many of us, this life is just more difficult than words can even express. We don't actively hear God's voice. We don't have any part of his leadership in our lives. And so this life we live now is, is, is dull. Some would say boring. It's too difficult because we are not consistently, constantly in fellowship with Jesus who invited us to this fellowship, invited us because of the Spirit of God living and dwelling in us, speaking to us, leading us, comforting us, walking with us. That's the design. Not that we just give our life to Christ and everything stops, but that we are invited to a full and meaningful life here as we hear him, as we are led. It's the invitation to root deeply into the love of Jesus. That happens only by the Spirit of God indwelling within us. That's the invitation. That's the invitation. Can we hear his voice? Do we listen? 
Listen, if God says, listen to me, don't you know he has something to say? God speaks in so many different ways. So, so many different ways. How does God speak to you? Nature, of course. We see God's voice. We hear God's voice as we look at nature. We look around. We hear the wind blowing through trees. We hear the birds chirping. Uh, nature is a huge, huge aspect of this. We see this scripturally, too, that, that God speaks through nature. One of the most famous ones is in, uh, is, is in the Old Testament about a, a prophet named Balaam who was told to go and prophesy curses on the nation of Israel, and he refused to do it. Ultimately, he's on a donkey and going to speak to, <laughs> uh, to this nation that hates Israel, and uh, this angel stands before the donkey, but Balaam can't see him. And so the donkey stops. This happens three times. And every single time, Balaam gets more and more angry because this donkey will not obey him. It's one of my favorite stories. You can read it for yourself in Numbers 22. But what a great story. What a great story. The donkey stops because there's an angel in front of him. You would too if you saw, if you saw an angel, right? Balaam doesn't see the angel, so uh, Balaam hits the donkey, and then uh, the donkey goes a different direction to a more narrow passageway, and then he, the donkey rubs his leg against uh, the side of the, of, of the rock wall, and that really irritates Balaam. All along, the donkey's trying to keep Balaam from, you know, uh, disaster. And so he gets off and starts beating the donkey. And then, and then all of a sudden, they go through an even a more narrow passage. And the donkey just lays down. And that is more than Balak can take. So he takes his rod and just starts beating this poor donkey. And so God gives this donkey the ability to speak. <laughs> so this donkey speaks... To Balaam, he says, what are you doing? Have I ever led you astray? He says, yeah. And if you're not surprised by that, that the donkey speaks, you should be surprised that Balaam responds to him <laughs> like, like it's normal. So they start having a discussion. You know, of course, no, you never have. That's true. You're right. Da -da 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 -da. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until finally Balaam's eyes are open and he sees. He sees God. God speaks through donkeys. Well, God speaks through rocks, right? Luke 19, when he's riding a donkey, Jesus riding a donkey, and people are praising him, and the Pharisees say, make them stop. Jesus says, look, listen, if, if they don't, the rocks, the stones will cry out. Now, we have no record really of any stones screaming out and praising God, but according to Scripture, it can happen, especially when we're silent. Don't you wonder maybe if the rocks now are crying because we just don't praise Him enough? Would we be open to hearing the rocks cry out? Would we, would we speak back to the rock? Yes. All of nature, we're told, shouts loudly. According to Paul, the voice of nature screams. It's, just, it's loud and so loud that when we don't answer to God, when we do not follow God, Paul says we're without excuse because nature is that loud. 
We have no excuse because God speaks through nature. Everything that is clear about God is clear through nature. We see it. That's one way God speaks to us. Of course, obviously, we, we hear God through people preaching and teaching. There's some incredible teachers and, and preachers here in this room that I enjoy listening to. You probably listen to people online. Maybe you have your favorite preachers that you listen to only online. But God speaks through them, I hope. I hope you're listening to people who God is speaking through. But God speaks through people, through preaching and teaching. Biblical advice from friends and family or strangers. Um, God has spoken through many of you in this room to me directly. Or you have a word for me. Uh, Say, so you know what, I think God wants you to do this. Or I think God loves you. Or I've heard many encouraging words from God through you to me. God speaks through people. God speaks through books, right? God speaks through this electronic device right here to me. I've got, uh, I've got books stored on here. My Bible is actually on here now. I can see it electronically. God uses this particular media and medium to, to speak to me. Obviously, the Bible. Obviously, that is God's uh, huge, extraordinary, effective way of communicating his word, his voice is through the written word, right? When's the last time you read your Bible? There's so much, so, so much because of God's word that we can read and hear from God. That was true then, it's true now, it's going to be true for the future. Those words, those precious words. The, the body of believers over centuries of time have agreed that what's in the Bible is what they call the canon. It's, uh, it's sort of complete, that God spoke. This is the revealed word of God, and it's for all time. Uh, it corrects us. We're told uh, scripturally that uh, this, this Bible is good for, for teaching and for reproof, for correcting and training in righteousness. Uh, that's what it's for. It's to lead us uh, to, to, to pursue the living God, or as John would say it, the living word that the written word points us and directs us to the living word, the one who continues to speak to us. And be sure that no word of God, in whatever form it comes, will ever contradict that written word of God. God speaks. And certainly, and I think for us today, we need to understand that as followers of Christ, the spirit dwelling within us, that that's, that God himself speaks within us. He speaks to us. He fellowships with us. We're told scripturally that, that when we trust Jesus, we follow him, he comes and makes his home in our hearts. That's what the Bible says. He comes and dwells within us. Uh, we become the home, the dwelling place of God, which is mind-boggling and hard to understand. The, the beauty of it is that someday... Uh, we know that in John 14, we know that at some point uh, he has a home prepared for us with him where we will see him face to face, right? Uh, for, for right now, he lives within us. Ultimately, we will be in this place he's prepared for us and we will see him face to face. But we don't see him face to face yet, right? And I probably that's probably the struggle for a lot of us is that when we want to have a conversation with God because we don't see him face to face, that's often where we struggle. Today, as we looked at each other face-to-face -face and got a little awkward, it's very intense communication, isn't it? Face-to-face. -face. 
we don't have that luxury with, with God yet. That's coming. Um, that's coming. Holy Spirit within us. And, and as you think about this idea of the Spirit of God operating within you, speaking to you directly, you also realize that, that God would also speak to other people um, and then possibly he would ask you to speak what he spoke to you to others. That's called prophecy. But that spiritual gift that God gives us to be able to then, as we hear from God, to be able to speak that to others. We're told scripturally that um, we're not supposed to hate uh, prophecy. Uh, the words are despised. Do not despise prophecy. Don't hate it. Uh, it's, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable for, for a lot of people. It's, uh, a lot of people believe it's, it's no longer a part of the church. Scripturally, though, the Word of God says that we should not despise it, but we rather should test it. Test it to see if it truly is from God. Obviously, many, many people have abused this, this idea of prophecy in that they've spoken words that are not from God. And they've used it for their own personal gain and for their own pride in their position. And so it's not strange that we would be cautious and leery of this idea of prophecy in today's world. It's very often one of the main reasons why the Bible was sealed and the church said, no, this is the word of God, the canon. This is this written word is final, complete, because of abuse of people who prophesied not from God, but from themselves. So we don't despise when God speaks through other people to us. We're, not, we're told not to despise it, but rather test it to see if it truly is from him. When someone gives you a word that they've heard from God, You'd ask the question, is this word in keeping with the purposes and character of God? Does what they're saying to me agree with who God is and for where God would be leading us? Does this word build up the body or break it down? Is what I'm hearing from this person uh, building the body, unifying us, or is it destroying us? Does this word honor God or, or, or does it lift up a man? Does it agree with Scripture? Or does it contradict the very written word of God? God speaks to us. God speaks within in so many different ways. Um, God speaks to us in dreams. You ever had a dream from God? I know it's possible this morning that this is moving us into an uncomfortable area. Welcome to New Song Family Church. Last, last week, we had this extraordinary thing happen, which we've heard about in different parts of the world. It happened to us this last Sunday. Uh, we were singing outside. We were worshiping outside. And um, the music was obviously extraordinary because uh, a young lady heard the music from the street and walked in to join us to find out what it was all about. Uh, uh, she's a, she was a practicing Muslim. And um, I say was. She uh, has given her life to Christ. But as we talked to her, not we, but as, as Nadine and, and uh, Dana spoke to her last Sunday, uh, she began to share her story. And one part of her story is that she's been having dreams through this fasting of Ramadan. She's been having dreams of Jesus standing uh, before her and uh, saying, pray. 
That's the word from the Lord for her in her dream was pray. And she began to speak to Jesus when she would wake up from those dreams. Uh, she came to be with us and uh, praise the Lord, she decided to follow Jesus last Sunday. She's getting baptized today. Very, very cool. Uh, praise the Lord for what God is doing. God speaks to us in so many different ways. God speaks to her through the music. She comes in. I've already been speaking to her through dreams. God comes, she hears, she hears people teach. She hears God's words through preachers, through speakers. And she hears it directly through Nadine and through Dana to clarify, to make sense of things. And then she gives her life to Christ. Praise the Lord. The design of God in his leaving was to send us his spirit so that we would have this continual fellowship with God. I want you to see the words of Jesus Christ recorded in John 16. John 16. Jesus warning them. Says there's going to come a time when they're going to kick you out of the synagogues. They're going to not like you. And then in verse 5 of John 16, Jesus is recorded saying this. This is New Living Translation. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things. Uh, obviously, disciples didn't get it, didn't understand. Verse 7, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Why would it be for our good that Jesus would leave us? Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And, and, and this really is such a beautiful summary of what the Spirit of God does with us today. Look at this in verses 8 uh, through, through 11. When he comes, he'll prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you are, will see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. If I could summarize this for you, explain a little bit. What Jesus is saying primarily is, if I don't go, the Spirit of God will not come. So don't, basically, don't, don't be lost in grief that I'm leaving because I'm sending you something better. I'm sending you my Spirit who will indwell you, who will speak to you, who, who will work. And, and, he, and he details exactly what the Spirit of God will do. He says, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's this ongoing speaking to us, convicting us. You know what conviction is, right? We all know what conviction is. This is revealing, exposing what's wrong with us and, and, and leading us into a direction where we can find life. That's the conviction. Conviction of sin is for the purpose of us seeing what's wrong making a decision then to change that, to follow. The hope there is in this conviction is that we would place faith in Jesus Christ, right? And once we do so, we follow him, the Spirit of God indwells us. And that's called baptism in the Spirit. This is becoming a child of God. That's what baptism of the Spirit is. It's the Spirit of God indwelling us. He roots then, we root deeply in his love after that. So the conviction is about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, what does he say? Look what he says here. Sin, because people do not believe in me. 
sin because I have not placed my faith in Christ and had my sins forgiving, forgiven. The only way I can be totally forgiven of my sins, past, present, future, is by believing in Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. The Holy Spirit will convict us of that, that we need to place faith in Christ. It's no surprise that, that God speaks to us and says, come to me, place your faith in Jesus. It's the only way we can be forgiven of all of our sins. That's what the Spirit of God does about righteousness because I'm going to the Father. Why is going to the Father part of the conviction of righteousness? Because Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God and makes our case. Every day he pleads our case. This is what Peter preached about on Pentecost, right? That Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God and we have this advocate. This, this doctrine of the Spirit of God indwelling us permeates all of the teaching of the apostles as you, as you look through the New Testament. Is that part of the process of giving our life to Christ, then the Spirit of God indwells us and speaks to us and we enter into fellowship and He convicts us not only of our original sin, that Jesus forgives us from, but the ongoing being set apart for his righteousness, the Holy Spirit continues to convict us and move with us. This is active, active voice of the Spirit of God saying, don't do that, do this, stop that, start this, right? Now, this is how we're set apart, is that the Spirit of God convicts us of what's wrong and what we need to be doing and what's right. He keeps walking with us. He's called the comforter, Right? The advocate, which is the lawyer, the advocate, he's also the comforter, he's the wise counselor. The Spirit of God actively works in our lives. That is the plan once we give our life to Christ. And so we have to listen. We have to listen. And ultimately, the Spirit of God will protect us. He says here for judgment so that we will see him face to face. We are protected by the Spirit of God so that we ultimately are forgiven of our sins. We are set apart in this lifetime Holy Spirit continuing to speak to us, convict us of what's right, what is, what, is, what is wrong, and then ultimately he will present us complete before the Father. We will see him face to face. That is the promise and teaching of the New Testament is that the Spirit of God will be faithful through that whole process to ultimately we will be with him face to face. And, and John, the Apostle John said that when we see him, we'll become like him, but only then, only then. But it's the Spirit of God who is active in our life, moving us in that direction. And so if our tinnitus is so loud, we will not hear. What is your tinnitus? What is my tinnitus? Can't hear the crickets. Can't hear the voice of God. The Spirit of God is this beautiful promise to us. That's why the... the, the the apostles and the disciples were gathered in the upper room waiting for this promise. It's not a small thing, people. Not a small thing. The Spirit of God descends on them with tongues of fire and they proclaim the word of God because they've heard from God. This is an ongoing reality of our lives. It's what makes our relationship real and vibrant. It's what pulls us out of a dull world and gives us direction and peace. John, on the island of Patmos, the Apostle John, late in his life, he writes the letter to, uh, to the, his disciples. He says in 1 John 2, I want you to see this, 1 John 2. 1 John 2, verse 20, but you are not like that, speaking of people who follow Christ. 
For the Holy One has given you what? Coming. He's given you His Spirit in verse 20. And all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is the liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is, is an antichrist. Verse 26 now. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Say it with me, verse 27, just the word B-U-T. But, <laughs> this is a very important B-U-T. You have received what? The Holy Spirit. This is, this is John. He's writing long after. And he's an old man now. He's writing this letter. He's saying to these people, look, I'm not, he's obviously not with them. But he says, but you have received the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're going to be all right. You're good. Look what he says about the Spirit of God. And he lives what? Within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Not that we don't listen to others. That's not what he's saying. He says, but the, the, the better teacher is Christ who lives inside you, the Spirit of God living in you. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is what? Truth. It is not a lie. So just as he taught you, do what? Remain in fellowship with Christ. The invitation to listen to him is to remain in fellowship with him, to, to remain in this ongoing conversation with God. If just for a moment, maybe you think that prayer is a one-way conversation, no. How can you believe that Jesus no longer speaks to us? How do you pray? Do you just, you just preach to God? Is that your prayer life, or do you, do you hear from Him? We have to have a doctrine of hearing, listening. Post-Pentecost introduced this era, launched the era of listening, for mankind. God is asking us to listen. I, I believe he speaks to us today. I really do. Uh, my grandfather died uh, several years ago when I was still living, you know, living in Namibia. And um, you may know this, but it takes about two days to fly to the States. Uh, pretty difficult to get there uh, in, a, in, a, in a short amount of time. It's pretty easy to get there, but it takes time. It takes time to get there. Those of you from the UK will talk. Um, <laughs> But but there's this two day there's this two day uh, usually flight and it's exhausting. So my, my grandfather died uh, while I was here and my, my dad called me told me about uh, his father my grandfather. Uh, I was very close to my grandfather loved him very very much and so I wanted to be there. Uh, at that point in our life here living in Namibia, I had already missed two funerals. I had missed. Uh, uh, my grandfather's wife, my granny, and I had also missed uh, my my mom's mother uh, when she died. I did not get to go to their funerals, and I was going to now miss uh, my grandfather's funeral because I couldn't get there in time uh, to be there. And I was really frustrated. I was quite frustrated about this, and and felt like I just needed to be there to honor my grandfather. I wanted to do that for my grandfather and for my my dad. I want to be there for my parents and for our whole family who is grieving the loss of this very special man. Um, this was on a Friday night. Dad called me, and then on Saturday morning, I got up, and uh, this is when I was really riding my bicycle a lot. And so I said, "Well, uh, when all else fails, get on your bike." So hopped on my bicycle Saturday morning, and uh, was going to do a hundred-kilometer ride, and kept. I just started riding, and 
when I write, it's, uh, I, I, I then speak to God when I'm writing. It's a, it's a great cathartic moment for me uh, because biking is really not a team sport. I'm joking. It actually is. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for me to hear from God and to speak to him. So I'm speaking and speaking, and then God started to speak to me. I was expressing my frustration as I was riding my bicycle that morning about not being at, a, at my grandfather's funeral, yet another funeral that I was missing. Ironically, my wife was actually there because she was there anticipating the, the wedding of our daughter. And I was so glad she could be there. She represented us actually very, very well. I was really frustrated. This is what God spoke to me. God spoke to me as I was writing. He said, he very kindly listened to me in my frustration. He didn't chastise me for that. This is what he said. He said, your grandfather is with me. He went on to say, he doesn't need you to be there for his burial. And God went on to say to me, and furthermore, uh, your grandfather uh, would not want you to be anywhere else than where you are right now. It, you know your grandfather. He would want you to be exactly where you are. Whew. Instant peace and comfort. I had a great ride that day. I cried tears of sorrow on that ride but had a peace, a peace I can't describe. This, 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 God's truth at the right time. Wow. I'm still okay. I miss my grandfather, but uh, I'm going to see him again. God told me I'm going to see him again, right? He's a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. We're going to be together again. That's our hope. That's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, we don't grieve like people without hope. Hope. The comforter spirit of God comforted me just as Jesus had promised that he would do. I need to listen to God. God speaks truth to any situation. God speaks comfort. God convicts us. God speaks life. He speaks wisdom. He speaks love. He, God speaks like no other. Oh, we need to hear him. Sometimes we don't hear him because we just don't have enough faith. We suffer from that tinnitus, that just tinnitus of doubt. Possibly we just don't want to get on board with the character of God so we don't forgive people and therefore we, we get lost in this the spirit of revenge and just anger and whatever it is that we don't forgive people and so we get lost in our own voices of hate and anger and we don't hear God. Sometimes even we have, we've created doctrinal, we decide, no, the Bible says that God doesn't speak anymore. Uh, there's huge bodies of literature written uh, that God speaks today and that God doesn't speak from, from both well-meaning people. The reality, the reality for you and for me is that we're invited to this act of listening. Act of listening is what God is asking us to do. Not invited, we're told, do this, listen to me. God is not far from us, even though maybe we think he is. We're told in scripture that uh, we can find him if we seek him. He's not far from us. He's not far from us. If we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. 
this is the promise over and over again that God has designed our particular situation so that we would actually look for God and find him. This was Paul's promise to the, the Athenians uh, in uh, Acts chapter 17. He said, look, uh, you've everything about your life, the timing of your life, the geography where you live, everything has been set up in such a way that you would be able to look for him and that you would find him. And his words were, uh, God is not far from us. And you, you realize uh, just our story of last Sunday is that God can pull people to himself in the most incredible ways. God is not far from us. But we have to, we have to work for it. Right? We have to pursue him. We hear it. We have to actively listen to him. And that's the invitation of us for you and for me today. Uh, the writers of the New Testament spoke about this, this struggle of, of hearing is because we don't see him face to face. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. I have it for you here on screen. He says that, um, you know, prophecies will pass away. He talks about the, uh, the incomplete nature of prophecy. Look what he says here. Love never ends. Uh, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy. How? In part. But do we stop prophesying because it's only a part? No. We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will what? Will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. We don't really see as well as we would like to. But then, what? Face to face. We're going to have this perfect communication. It's coming. It's not here yet. That's the reality of our world. We basically are in the unseen reality of listening without our eyes. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see him face to face. Now I know in part, then I'll know fully, even as I have been fully known. Praise the Lord, right? That's the reality. We need to accept that, that we're not seeing him face to face. We're not having conversations like I can have, we can have with each other. We, we, we don't have the opportunity to, to look at each other like earlier and be awkward with each other. We, we, we can't do that yet with Jesus. It's coming. More awkward moments to come. No. Uh, but see him face to face where we can really, really have a conversation and understand fully. It's then when we'll be made complete. It's then when we'll fully understand. But we're, we're in the process now of the Spirit of God bringing us to the point where we will see him face to face. And that's the reality of our world. So in the meantime, what do we do? Look what 1 John 2 says. This is, this is his story. He says this. <clears throat> 1 John 2, verse 28. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship. Let me say that again. Remain in fellowship with Christ. So that when he returns, you'll be, of, you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. What do we do now? We listen. We remain in fellowship with him. Remain. Jesus said it. He said, abide. Remain in me. Listen. Listen. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to see past our tinnitus. Help us to hear past the ringing in our ears, Father, and hear your voice. Oh, Lord, thank you for the invitation. Lord, thank you for your, your ongoing conviction and your comfort, your, your direction, your leadership, Father. 
Lord Jesus, you invite us to an active relationship. And Lord, this morning we say as New Song Family Church that we say yes to that. Lord, we, we step with you, Father. We listen to you. We want to be led by you. We want to, be, we want to keep in step with you, Father. We want to invest in you. Lord, do with us, Father, what you need to do that we can hear past our distractions and hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Rico Veca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you'll join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.